This is the EWN Podcast Network. Do you know how often identity theft occurs? Every two seconds, affecting even children. The great news is that you and your loved ones don't have to become the next victim. In the Cyber Mindful with Sandra podcast, we'll explore together simple practices that increase the cyber safety of you, your family, and your business. I'm your host, Sandra Esto, and I believe the key to protecting yourself from hackers, scammers, and cyber monsters is rooted in being fully present, both online and offline. This podcast It's a conversation among friends. I'm delighted that you are choosing to take charge of your cyber safety because you deserve to have peace of mind online and protect what matters most to you. So let's do this together. Hi, I'm Sandra Estok, and today is an incredible day. I, you know, I I, I don't know if you have this ever happened to you. Being in a room, where someone pretty famous is there, but you have no idea who that person is. Well, I guess that happened to me recently, and I met the most incredible human in the planet. I, I did not know the work and the, you know, everything that he has accomplished in his life. And most importantly, I didn't know how his heart, big heart is. And I'm so grateful today to be joined by Nick. I'm just going to read Nick Lowry a little bit about who you are. So fame athlete, Ivy League scholar, three-time presidential aide, author, poet, teacher, philanthropist. Nick has been featured on NBC, ABC, 2020, Tonight Show, Nightlight with Ted Coppel, HBO, David Leatherman, multiple times. I mean, he's been everywhere. He, of course, has the record of goal kicks in the NFL. And he, most importantly, he's the most humble human in the planet. No, and, I'm not, but thank you. <laughs> well, you I are. Try, I try to be. I will say this. A big part maybe of the message today is to realize the end goal, which we've heard through rhetoric and through, you know, all the different speakers out there in this internet universe, it's not the destination, it's the journey, but it really is true. And the journey is to realize that when you get to that destination and the destination is, let's say a Super Bowl trophy, let's say it's a trophy, it's a, it's a Oscar, it's an Emmy, it's a Grammy or something in your industry, there will be, I promise you, a letdown every single time if that's the only goal. If the goal, however, is shifted, as our friend Craig Duswalt would say, my good friend now, uh, James Barber, and all those wonderful people that were with us when we met in Florida and Orlando, if the goal is, how do I feel when I win that? And most importantly, What is the way I can leverage, I can share this success with as many people as possible so they taste that as well. Then it has roots, it has seeds, it has 
connections, uh, branches to a thousand or even a million other people and souls that can taste and feel that energy, that electricity, and it helps them. Then it's a connectivity. And that to me is part of the journey. The journey is the connectivity with all the people that we run into that are good for us, that are in the moment sometimes, unfortunately, bad for us. And yet we learn from them and we make ourselves better, not just because somebody helped us, but because somebody challenged us uh, through that adversity to be more clear about what really matters. So, you know, humility is to me a learned asset for athletes coming out of a very narcissistic culture. Mm -hmm. And we see this over and over again. My friend of mine, uh, who's a phenomenal singer, Leah Capelli, stars in a show in in Vegas, and it's beginning to travel around the world. Uh, And it was, by the way, financed by our friend who was the billionaire who came to to speak to us. It's called 27. And 27 is named after all of these famous singers uh, and musicians uh, from Amy Winehouse to um, Jimi Hendrix and on and on that died at 27 because they thought it was the destination. And they got to this destination of tremendous, iconic fame, Janis Joplin, Robert Johnson, on and on. And they couldn't handle it. They handled it with drugs. They handled it with uh, some form of um, incompleteness that mm-hmm. was a deep, hollow part of their soul. And they hadn't filled it with something that they knew would last for a lifetime. And that, to me, is the joy of realizing that before mm-hmm. it's too late. Absolutely. And so that's my message with you today. I mean, uh, we can finish the interview right now. Just kidding. But to me, that is the most important message is we uh, tread on uh, paths that either connect us to more people that are like-minded and that want to share their skills, their unique abilities, or we that path leads to a Grand Canyon, uh, unfortunately, not filled with beauty, but with the emptiness, the sense of being alone and isolated because we hadn't done that other work. So so thank you for the idea of humility. Um, I'd like to think it's just humbling ourselves to realize that we're never good enough. We're never complete. And yet it is in that pursuit of the completeness uh, and the completeness being helping others complete themselves like you're doing right now. Mm-hmm. I love I love what, what you just shared, Nick, because, you know, connectivity. And this is perfect because it's of course, a cyber mindful podcast show, and we have technology and, you know, there are so many different ways that we connect to people and that, you know, what you just share, sometimes we get lost. And, you know, since what happened last year or the last few years with the pandemic and the the amount of loss that we face, you know, there were so many changes in the way that we relate to technology. And I want to talk a little bit about that because, you know, you touch, you know, this, this concept of connectivity, of being together. Of um, So what, what would you experience in the last few years? Um, what, you know, if, if you were to recap for you and, and your family, what has happened and how technology has changed us, what would you say? Well, first of all, um, I'll get to technology in a second. Mm -hmm. Um, But the emotional technology in us Mm 
mm-hmm. is affected by trauma and by intense emotion. Yeah. And so, of course, we had COVID, which not only was a threat to many people, but also has been vastly um, misrepresented. Um, and I can just tell you, we made Phoenix the first city in the country to provide free COVID testing for the homeless. And we had zero positives in April of 2020. And it ended up being a factor later. But that's one thing is not only COVID being real and, and killing people uh, in a threatening way that really affected tragically many people, but also how it was handled. And suddenly more people are aware that the media is not the way the media used to be. Journalists now take sides and, and there really is, unfortunately, a completely different era of information. Second to that is, most importantly, our family and what happens with our family. And I lost my brother, Chris, over a year ago. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, I four years ago, I got prostate cancer. So those two things, mm-hmm. um, you know, hopefully help us think, uh, how do I go deeper to what's going to matter if I die today, if I die 100 years from now? Um, you know, what will not change? And the technology part of it is, I, I did allude to that. Um, is with journalism, it has been, unfortunately, and this is a harsh word, but it's a true word. It's been corrupted by social media and um, control over limited amounts of information. I studied at the Shorenstein Center on Press and Public Policy at the Harvard Kennedy School with uh, Alex Jones, uh, former senior editor for the New York Times. And uh, we saw even back then, 20 years ago, that um, the age-old integrity of journalism was being upended by the need to get news out before others. And so the idea of two independent sources to verify that something was uh, accurate Mm -hmm. was being thrown aside in favor of being the first to a story, even if the story was untrue or inaccurate or exaggerated. So Mm-hmm. That's important because now throw in the third thing, which is technology and the homeschooling and all the things from COVID, mm-hmm. uh, not to mention our phones, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. We are now a conditioned culture of, of endorphins and placebos and uh, brain chemicals uh, that are stimulated by very short term goals, if you will, you know, whether it's a naked woman, (laughs) whether it's uh, a shocking news story, um, you know, whatever it is to get people's attention. And it's so shallow that we are, we are now creating brains that are conditioned by very short term shallow needs, rather than going deeper internally. And I can draw that back full circle that as the kicker in us, when I speak, I talk about who is the kicker in you. Mm-hmm. It is to have that equanimity and that sanctuary inside oneself to be able to focus and be absolutely at your highest level of achievement and skill mm-hmm. by having your own internal office, just like the kicker in the middle of the field creates an office that for me was for yards between where I started my approach to the ball and picked out the target, the goalposts, looked at Mm -hmm. the holder. And, you know, that little area is kind of like an office, four yards by, say, three yards. And if I controlled that and then had complete clarity that if I controlled my thoughts, Mm -hmm. controlled my emotions from that, Mm -hmm. then I could be at my highest level. And that was something that took 
a process of being rejected by eight NFL teams 11 times over two years, giving up a job working for the United States Senate Commerce Committee on Aviation Safety Mm -hmm. uh, to try my 12th time and then making it and then becoming in the fourth year the most accurate kicker in NFL history at 76% and raising that to uh, kicking after that at more like 85% the rest of my career and uh, creating a standard. But there was always, going back to your original question about humility, Mm-hmm. It was always about, oh, great. Not It was not about, oh, I just set a record. It was, how do I get better? How do I get better? Yeah. How do I get better? And how do I enjoy that and share that? And I will say uh, what blossomed for me in my third year in the NFL was starting a program with Lee Steinberg, who you met in Orlando, mm-hmm. called Kick with Nick for Cerebral Palsy, and um, just helping doing actions that intentionally reminded me my favorite word refresh the mind remind reminded me what really mattered so that quest of the journey is the clarity the clarification and clarity of our truest highest deepest core values Mm -hmm. and if contribution is one of those if humility is one of those is connection is one of those um you know, those things that bring us to a sense of purpose, meaning, and feeling fully alive, just like the kicker in the middle of the field in yeah. front of sometimes 30, 40 million people on television, uh, many of whom may have bet against you, right? Mm-hmm. Just like you and I probably have competitors that, that uh, you know, may not be totally excited if we succeed. And yet we don't care because we're clear on this beautiful um, yep. sublime goal of helping others each in our own uniquely defined and created way by the higher, by the creator himself. I love that. I love everything that you share. And, you know, I pick one word that, from all the things that you said, everything, I mean, love it, but intention, Nick, I just want to go deeper yes. into that word Very good. because it's such Very an good. important word, yes. whether it's online or offline intention matters. And so tell me more, like what, you know, you, you share your story, you, you were rejected so many times, but you had an intention, you know, right there. Yeah. And the attention may be in, in more of a vague, fluid place initially. Mm-hmm. And hopefully as we work through adversity, um, we do not succumb to that choice made by those I mentioned mm-hmm. in that show 27 where it's it's this short term, you know, how do I get ready for the next concert yeah. as opposed mm-hmm. to what does this success mean and how grateful? Another important part of intention is gratitude. Absolutely. Love it. I'm going to show it. all this emotion about that, right? Because if we put ourselves in a place of gratitude, it changes everything in our brain chemistry. I love it. It's spiritually so much deeper. So the intention then becomes a spiritual intention. Mm-hmm. Just like the kicker, right? I'm looking down at the ball. That is my skill set. You all listening, watching, have your own skill set. Sandra, you have your skill set. One of them is patience, by the way. I love that. I'm not the most patient person. Um, and, and and the other thing is then while I do my daily work and my craft, mm-hmm. the goalpost represents that intention that it be more than that. Mm-hmm. And so that skill set of those two references. It's the, it's that balance, the mm-hmm. daily work 
and then the bigger picture, the bigger contribution. Um, and I would think that if Jimi Hendrix and Janis Joplin and Robert Johnson and um, uh, the lead singer from The Doors, uh, Jim Morrison, um, you know, if they had had that sense of the the goalposts in their life, the bigger intention, the bigger purpose, the, the sense of being alive, not just on the stage for three hours, yeah. but all the other minutes and seconds and breaths and steps in between all those big concerts, those addictive highs, that's mm-hmm. where they would still be alive today. And imagine if we still had Jimi Hendrix playing at the age of 75, just the way we have, frankly, um, you know, Santana right now. And mm-hmm. um, gosh, um, there's some wonderful people. My friend, uh, Russell Hitchcock, the lead singer for mm-hmm. Air Supply at 75, they did that internal work. Mm-hmm. to look at the spiritual growth they have to have. And through Absolutely. that, by definition, humility, to love being alive in the moment for the new lessons. It wasn't just about the big concert. And yep. I'm, I'm sorry to say this, but getting laid one way or the other, right? Just the sort of ego-based, um, you know, uh, gr- temptations and appetites of youth. But mm-hmm. what are the longer, uh, longer-term gifts of being a mentor, being an elder, being yep. someone that leads through example to bring their power into the lives and the souls of others as well. And by the way, not because they're on a stage preaching and ordering and forcing people to think a, a certain way, the way some uh, or maybe too many of today's speakers that are you know, really famous in certain ways, but they've still not given up that um, that sense of I'm in charge, I'm on the yeah. stage and you're down there. And if you do exactly yeah. what I do, you're going to be fine. As opposed to giving power to the self-awareness that each journey, while it has components that are similar, is unique. And that's what makes it beautiful. I don't want Sandra to be like me. She probably kicks better field goals, I'm sure, um, <laughs> in her own way, right? <laughs> And so, yeah, my own. Yes, so true. And, you know, I love that because it resonates so much with, you know, the intention of this show and why I'm doing what I'm doing. And you, you just pick two words and we have not talked about this at all. Right. We have not have, you know, I wanted the conversation to be really spontaneous and, and be in the moment. And there is one that, um, one teaching or, or that encapsulates everything one that lesson. I do. Yes. And it's be, I am, and means be intentional, be aware and be mindful. And without having any preparation or anything, you just said those words, Nick. And I love it because it's all about the other person being in charge and the other person really finding their way. I love that. I love that. I and really and do. just I love how you said that and it, it really integrates all the different elements that this show is it's about and it's yes it will include few things about technology and cybersecurity and this and that. But yeah. you know the the real work and the real transformation that at least happened in my life was when I have that oh. that inner work that you just talked about you know um three weeks ago i went with my friend and by the way part of this intentionality is surrounding ourselves with beautiful souls like 
you, Sandra, oh, um, because they bring out this higher self, right? So yep. the mindfulness and the intentionality, mm-hmm. um, you know, the awareness can be sustained or it can be repressed or suppressed. Absolutely. And three weeks ago, I went with this wonderful role model for me who I love to death. I took her, I, I joked that I was taking her on my, my girlfriend, my 90-year-old uh, girlfriend, um, Sue Ellen Freed, who for 40 years this month, has been visiting all 11 prisons in Kansas to give hope and meaning and purpose to people that may have done awful things, may have and did murder people, do the worst things. And yet in the Bible itself, we know that St. Paul was first Saul and may probably almost certainly murdered or presided over the torturing and murder of Christians. And yet he is the biggest voice and biggest author of our New Testament because he got to a different place. And so there I am surrounded by, and it was a real honor to me because normally it's called reaching out from within, within, right? Within Mm -hmm. this place, Mm -hmm. the gut and the brain unified together. And it's taught these prisoners that some of them will never get out, that they still have meaning and purpose in their lives. One of which is to help all the other prisoners they come in contact with realize the same thing. Normally they would have 20 of of their prisoners in this talking circle. They had 45 that day. And uh, you would never know. You would never know that 40 of the 45 prisoners there had committed murder. Wow. Uh, Many of them when they were young and very impulsive and no one's going to justify the pain, the eternal pain they they created and caused for others. Mm -hmm. But the way they have turned their lives around into something that can really help and helps them as well. Why would we simply throw people into the garbage pin of uh, pan or uh, or bin of life and think that they can't contribute? I just believe humanity always has value, and some of them may value humanity more now than ever, more than so-called, you know, law-abiding citizens. And so there's a role model for me, and that put me in this place. Yep. One of the messages I gave to them was, you may think that because I've worked for three presidents, I was nominated by a fourth W, I became chairman of the National Fund for American Indian Education, thanks to W and Bill Clinton. Um, and that was uh, 19 years ago, 18 years ago. Um, you may think, gosh, that at those levels at the White House or the National Football League, these are the highest levels of achievement in their field, so to speak. Yep. Um, and yet at the same time, as it's kind of obvious today, uh, um, they're human beings. And uh, Reagan was a human being. H.W. and Clinton, we all know, had major flaws. And yet they also, if we look for it, had some capacities as well. All of us have that. I said to this group, um, I miss field goals, too. I may have been the most accurate kicker in NFL history for 18 years, but I miss field goals. All of you are not perfect, and yet all of you have great capacities as well. And don't think that, don't subscribe to that need to have that iconic figure Mm -hmm. that is perfect. They were perfect because they learned to overcome their flaws and turn them into blessings. That is the hardest thing at all. So that's just one example of being intentional, which Mm -hmm. has those fruits of self-awareness and mindfulness. Uh, We have champions for the homeless now which mm-hmm. uh, we'll have our next one on, on Thanksgiving. It'll be our 60th in 16 years. And we put a, a um, human face on the homeless in Phoenix in a way that does not exist in Los Angeles and San Diego and San Francisco and in many cities. 
because the media now tell the stories of human beings who happen to be homeless in a time when in the last two years, there is a doubling minimum exponential increase in elderly homelessness and advanced degree homelessness yeah. uh, and just shattering these stereotypes because who doesn't want to be treated as a human being to have someone look them in the eye while they're on the street sleeping on concrete yep. and, and know in beyond words that that person sees me as a human being first. That is such a blessing. And I drive home from Champions for the Homeless where we have anywhere from 15 during COVID to 500 volunteers. We'll probably have over 300 volunteers on Thanksgiving wow. morning. We give out flowers, a thousand flowers because it's because, because yeah. it doesn't have the normal value, but also five, a thousand $5 gift certificates to McDonald's and Starbucks, a thousand uh, t-shirts, uh, longer t-shirts because it does actually get down to 40 and 30 at night and the next couple of months here, even in Phoenix, um, underwear, socks, et cetera, and clothing. But the most important gift is that sense of connection that I see you and that you're just as important as me. That is such a beautiful thing for us athletes. And for those that have been on the stage where people saying they're so great and mm -hmm. being able to turn that around and say, I'm great because of him. Mm -hmm. It gave me my gifts. I'm grateful because I can, while I'm on this earth, do great things with this and grow and be reminded every day that it's a blessing. And it's a gift just to be alive. I love everything, Nick. And this is exactly why we connected exactly, you know, how, how, how impressive, how wonderful, how incredible was meeting you there in, in Orlando, because the work you do, the impact you are making is so incredible. And, you know, you know that for me, homeless, especially homeless children, yes. that, you know, it's part of, of the work that I, that I'm called to do. And every single day, you know, Every 2.2 seconds, there is a homeless orphan in the street. And when I saw those stats, it just blew me away. And, you know, thank you for the work you do to, to, to alleviate that. I know you have your foundation, your, the youth um, foundation. And, and could you talk a little bit about that and how, how people that are listening right now can help you? How can make that event that you're doing in Thanksgiving and all the other work that you do to help the homeless, how someone can, can contribute, can support you? Share that with us, please. Well, everybody will be on their journey. I will say this. The other side of the homeless child is mm -hmm. the child that comes with a non-homeless volunteer yep. at the age of 7, 9, 10, 13, being afraid of what they used to think was just this homeless piece of furniture on the on the street mm -hmm. and through this two hour event realizing they had power at the age of seven and eight mm -hmm. to bring a smile to the face of someone mm -hmm. and to help an adult a young person this young helping an adult those are not references they're used to yeah. and it permanently addicts them the only healthy lifetime addiction and beyond lifetime we hope is that sense of power that we can give to our own children mm -hmm. to help adults and to help children yeah. and to help everyone. 
and they are the ones that um, come back with my NFL brothers, you know, their fathers, you know, sometimes 350 pounds. And yet this little seven, eight year old tells their father, dad, we've got to go back on Thanksgiving or Christmas or Easter. So it's called Champions for the Homeless. It was featured um, on Good Morning Arizona just three weeks ago as something called Something Good. Um www.nicklowry.com. You can the donate page there, mm-hmm. uh, or you can start something in your own city. It's really um, most importantly to find the homeless shelter that has stable leadership. Mm-hmm. We've had great leadership at St. Vincent de Paul and to start there. Um, and each one is different. We have the best musicians, uh, wonderful people who play this music, because what we're really talking about is all these people coming together, playing a soulful music beyond words okay. that the homeless people hear, mm-hmm. right? That is that energy and that, the, that vibration, we call yep. it, mm-hmm. um, through intentionality, uh, they feel it consistently. It's one thing in the Bible that says, you know, if two or more of you come together, I will be there. Mm-hmm. Well, what yep. if there are two or 300 or 400 or 500 serving a thousand homeless and they all are saying, you're just as important as I am. You are loved. You're embraced. I want to hear your story. They, mm-hmm. they don't have those conversations anymore. The so-called government or social institutions, as well-intended as they are, they're very often mercenary relationships where somebody comes in and they give you a meal. Well, that's great. Or they yep. give you clothing and that's great. But it's more than that. It is absolutely absolutely the acknowledgement of that person as an individual. I work with a company now called Copa Health. They're a nonprofit, Copa Health. And in their mission statement, they have one word that excites me beyond everything else. They look at the individual for the complexity, the complexity of their mental health situation. And what that says is that we see you as an individual, as unique. And that is the opposite. That is the antidote to mm-hmm. bureaucracy. That is the antidote to these internet so-called com- customer service lines where you never talk to a person. That is the antidote to the sense of being alienated, never having connection, which is one of the first things we talked about with human beings that have a heart and a soul that want to connect to our heart and our soul and our purpose on this on this planet, the sense of being alive right now and sharing that with others every moment. Oh, I, I I love everything that you have shared, Nick. And I just want to thank you. I know um, you have another appointment and I, I could be here speaking with Let's you. Let's do it again. We'll do it again. And For- I, I just want to thank you because um, can't you tell that Sandra has a heart? I mean, I, I even can, I was thinking of this when you were speaking, cybersecurity. Think about creating a sanctuary in yourself, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Cybersecurity is important because it protects the opportunity to get the information that sustains your soul, your spirit, your intentionality, your mindfulness, your awareness, those things that she just talked about, the I am's of the world. Mm-hmm. Cybersecurity is essential to that. You don't want people stealing, mm-hmm. you know, the if you yep. will, going back to the snake and the apple and yep. in the Garden of Eden, uh, or whatever is your notion of that, whatever religion you come from. Um, the sense of being valuable and giving value to others always. And cybersecurity helps make sure that you have preserved that sanctuary of safety to get the right information, uh, creative, maybe things you haven't heard, hopefully, so you keep learning. 
Absolutely. But cybersecurity is a big part of that because now the devil, if you will, is in the details and the details are in the technology that is not always for us, is not always serving us. So thank you for that because we to protect our children yeah, and the next absolutely. generation, we mm-hmm. have to have more cybersecurity, not just for business reasons, not just for banks and bank accounts, absolutely. et cetera. Absolutely. So, and it's, it's, you know, we are in charge, as you said before in this, it's a choice that we all make. And I, I love the, the analogy of, you know, you are what you click. And whatever, whether you get an email, you can choose in that moment whether you want to open it, whether you want to click on that link or not. And yeah. it, that is the empowerment part that I, I'm, I'm, I really want to, to bring to everyone that it's out there, you know, every single day faced with so many choices online, so many choices in social media, so many choices in their email inbox, and that they can just take a moment, pause, breathe, and then make, make a decision. What is that you're going to do with that email or with that link? And um, yes. We need so, education for that. There isn't a absolutely. lot of training. You know, to me, um, schools as should have a class, a regular class for their absolutely. students and the parents, but the students, because we're teaching them to make critical thinking choices. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Critical thinking is defined by the choices you make. So help them understand the threat of technology, how yeah. to manage it, how to protect them, their family, et cetera, because the mistakes that are made on the internet often are mistakes for a lifetime. Absolutely. For a lifetime. They Absolutely. go out there forever. You send a picture of yourself, an inappropriate picture, because you're 13 years old and you're full of hormones and, and you're full of love and, and the excitement, but then suddenly it's used against you and it changes your life forever. So yep. thank you for that. And, and let's do this again, but um, really appreciate it. NickLowry.org, uh, yep. Champions for the Homeless. And if I can help you start something in Columbus, Ohio, or Miami, or New York, or California, or Iowa, or Kansas, wherever you are, I'd be honored to do so. And I will have the details on, on the episode. So don't worry about, you'll have Nick's information available to you. And I want to close with this, Nick. So you have your phone, you know, I I just want you to think about your phone for a second. Okay. And I just want you to share three things you're grateful for, for that phone. For the phone? Yeah. For your phone, you know. Well, I'm grateful to be able to communicate with the people I love. I'm Mm -hmm. grateful to be able to communicate with people I've never met before. Mm -hmm. And help them feel more powerful and uh, that they're closer, that the light at the end of the tunnel, the light representing hope and meaning and purpose and power and compassion and being understood and being connected. And the third thing I would say is uh, I I love the phone and its capacity to take pictures so that I can remind myself of the beautiful moments in my life because our memory comes back to special yeah. moments. Uh, today I got a, you know, I, uh, November 2nd, 1986. It's hard to believe it's that long. I kicked a game winning field goal to beat the, uh, San Diego chargers. And, uh, somebody from a chief's website sent this to yeah. me and put it on Facebook. And it's a great memory because, you know, yeah. you have to get it done for your teammates too. And we, it led us to, it was one of the victories that led us to our first time in the playoffs in 15 years. And so photos do matter. Absolutely. Um, being able to celebrate the moments of life. But remember, the moments are not just the trophies. 
and the game-winning field goals. They are everything in between. And gosh, if we can fill them with that sense of continuity, just like you're doing with your podcast, affirming the continuity of values and the deepest core values, being clear on them, then our life has a beautiful pathway ahead. Thank you so much. And I love it. And I'm so grateful for you, Nick, to be here today. And with that, we'll just, we'll see you next time. God bless. Ciao for now. Thank you for listening. I'm so grateful for you today. So if you enjoyed this episode, please tag me in social media at way to protect Again, it's way number two, protect. And let me know if this episode has helped you. I would love to hear from you. And if you like to know more about me, check out my resources at my website, sandraestock.com. And remember, be intentional, be aware, and be mindful. Be I am. Be I am now. <laughs>